Yes, hi, hey, hello, g'day, and welcome to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. This week, we discuss our big win over the Knocks, the other big win over the Knocks. We ignore the Sydney game, and we touch on the games against Western and the other Western, and the race to the finals, as well as, of course, answering your questions. That's a lot to unpack, but uh, one thing for sure, I know I'm Pete, and I'm joined by Luke and Morrow. Fellas, fellas. We're back. We're back. It's been a minute. We are back. <laughs> Rumour is we only do one-ing pods. <laughs> one-ing pods. One-ing, one-ing pods. <laughs> Why wouldn't oh. we? Why wouldn't we? We we know that if we have a loss, we're, you know, one game away from a big win. i got to do it. Yeah. Winning pod! <laughs> winning pod! One-ing pod. One-ing pod, baby. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's, been, it's been nearly three weeks since the last... Uh, Podcast and, and we've played feels, five games. It feels like we've played, yeah, and nearly an entire mm. season worth. Mm. It's not. It's not for lack of wanting to do a podcast either. I mean, ideally, we record on a Tuesday, episode out Wednesday or Thursday, then we play on the weekend, mostly on a Saturday or a Sunday, which mm. then obviously gives people a few days to listen to it. But the fixtures this year have just completely <laughs> screwed up our schedule. So wait till we get to finals, because if they're still planning on doing the two-legged finals thing, we're going to be having finals on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Yeah, I had this conversation with my mum actually the other week mm. on the weekend. Uh, trying to work out the timing of the finals was like I needed a degree to, to do it because yeah, can't even work out what's happening the next seems weekend. Seems to be home games, away games, midweek grand final on the. 28th of May, I mean, who knows? <laughs> but why aren't the fans turning up? Oh, yeah. can of worms, <laughs> can of worms. Let's not go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> Let's dive right into Fred's question. Fred this week asks, what expectations do you have when it comes to player communications? Do you think the club need to tell us what is happening? I want the minutes from every single conversation. <laughs> Emailed to me, 8am on a Monday morning. <laughs> Absolutely. Fred's just gone straight in this week. Fred's going. Fred's foot to the throat, foot to the shin bone. I like it. Play on. Yeah. No, it's good. Yeah. No, um, I'm disappointed though that Monty doesn't just, you know, if he has a thought about anything. <laughs> he has a minute thought? by minute update. You yeah. should put it on Instagram, yeah. definitely, if he has a thought. Well, how about a private text? I mean, to yeah. every single member. I, I yeah. think that's only reasonable. Yeah, that's fair. Um, what expectations? Not much really, to be honest. Um, I wonder what Fred's referencing here. <laughs> Anyone want to have a guess? <laughs> Where is he? The, the mystery man. Oh. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's what expectations do I have? I don't expect them to tell us every single little facet of negotiations that may be occurring between the players and the club. I expect no. them to let us know when we sign someone, when we release someone. Um, it'd be nice to get injury updates. Um, which See, I'm, I'm indifferent on injury updates because do you think that gives the opposition a helping hand in a way? Eh. If you're giving injury updates, like we expect X player to be back. You see it all over. X you see game. it all over the world, though. You see, you know, yeah. let's, let's take the Premier League for example, a league that's actually run reasonably okay uh, by way of comparison. Wouldn't know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see uh, XYZ, you know, you see the ins and outs every week. XYZ is out for three weeks with a calf injury or, or what have you. Um, we used to have it over here. Don't know why it stopped. 
Yeah. It only stopped this season too. Yeah, it's a fair point. I've got some wonders about that because I think that there is some weird stuff going on with the Premier League um, and uh, player availabilities, not around injuries. Injuries appear to be announced, but there's this thing about sickness in the camp mm. that didn't exist in the past. And I can't help wondering whether or not our own comp is in the same place. Where That's a good point. If there's any COVID, then for some reason it's not appropriate for clubs to talk about the fact that um, Aaron Morrow had COVID or whoever had COVID, dare mm. I say, Oli Bazanic had COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but in the Premier League, they're avoiding this. So is there some legal thing that means that we're just staying well clear of it? Um, that could be it. Don't I don't know. know. I mean, know. without uh, tiptoeing around who it's about anymore, <laughs> <laughs> there's obviously something going on with Oli. Uh, it's, been, it's been over a month since we last saw him play um he last got minutes in that horrible oh, the Perth, Perth game. away game oh jeez was the last time he played um clearly something is happening i think the 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 only thing the clubs maybe got wrong in this whole situation is that one week we said he was out with sickness which may have really, very well have been right mm. i don't think it was mm. yeah um i'm pretty confident that it was not right. Yeah. Um, and then in the press conference the week after, Monty said uh, he was out for personal reasons or something. Mm. So the wires got a little bit crossed there and that raised quite a few red flags with uh, some fans and some media people as well. Yeah. So that's probably the only thing I think the club's gotten wrong in the last month. Right. Uh, outside of that, whatever's been said or not been said, I'm okay with. There's, there's clearly an issue there with Ollie and the club. Ollie and Monty, Ollie and the coaching staff, whichever way you want to frame it. Um, and at this stage, we don't miss him. The thing that gets me about this, and I know you've mentioned it as well over the last couple of weeks, is the faux furor from from people on social media going, you're supposed to be the community club. You're supposed to t- tell us everything that's going on. Yeah, complete horseshit. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. I'm sorry. Just Rock. no. Just Total no rubbish. To that. Total and the rubbish. expectation back at the question, it's it's crazy. Like it just doesn't exist. It's, got, it's, yeah. it's not something that happens in world football. Yeah. And and why would it? You're not entitled to know every single little bit of detail that happens between player and club. You're just not. Yeah. But oh. I have to say, I mean, I want Liverpool to tell me when Mo Salah is re-signed and it pisses me off that <laughs> I haven't been told. But uh, And I keep looking in my email inbox to see if I've gotten an email, but I haven't and I'm – probably expecting a bit much and i think that that transfers quite nicely i know you know mo salah's playing uh, ollie hasn't been whatever um bottom line is um it, for me it's completely play on mm. the club i believe based on what i've known over the last sort of three to, or four years that we've changed the way that we recruit now and we're not doing dumb things like signing people like daniel de silva for five years <laughs> Instead, what we do is a more consensus approach with more heads in the game. So I feel comfortable with the way that we recruit. On the other hand, Ollie, I'm enlightened, is older than I thought. And um, so he has every right, as far as I'm concerned, to do whatever it is that he can do to get as much money into his family's bank accounts as possible. And if that means that he has to do whatever it is he's doing, maybe I don't like some of the consequences of that action. But at the end of the day, as far as I'm concerned, the whole thing is play on. Um, and I don't know why it has to be such a, you know, battle in the in social media. Right. To be honest, um, don't see what you mean. The friends that are just coincidentally <laughs> friends with his brother on Facebook <laughs> just happens to be a coincidence that they're the only people, or they're, you know, the ones that started the whole 
yeah, where nah. is he campaign that yeah. probably aren't even married as fucking fans, probably not members, probably haven't been to a game in years. Mm. C- complete flops. I'm going to be kind and say that there is absolutely nothing between, you know, there's nothing in the idea that Ollie is, is um, playing or conducting that orchestra. That orchestra is, you know, if my mates are being treated in a certain way, maybe I feel that I need, I have the need to comment about that, or maybe. It's what just about a, his wife liking uh, the pro Ollie <laughs> comments on the club's Facebook page? Do we think that's very professional? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 I don't really see that it's such a terrible thing. I think it's painting Ollie in a pretty bad light, if I'm honest. I, I agree, but I think you know the the brigade on Facebook that are coming in with their own campaign are trying to paint the club. In, in a worse light and yes, I think 100%. it's getting too much yeah. traction. <laughs> oh, yeah, it is. It is, which is why for the first time in probably 17 years I think I dived into the Facebook <laughs> comments after the game on the weekend because, you know, I think most people that listen to this after all the shit that we've been through, <laughs> um, that if the club is in the wrong or if we think that the club is doing the wrong thing or making the wrong decisions, we will say it. We always call them out on this stuff. We always call them out. We, we have a great relationship with the club, but they know that we are, or we at least try to be, the voice of the fans, and we will call them out if we see fit. Mm. In this current situation, with everything that we've heard, mm. I don't see that to be fit. Mm. Do you think there's a bit of frustration there that uh, they need to gain some traction somewhere else other than on the pitch because actually since uh, he hasn't been <laughs> 100%. playing, <laughs> there's no way to draw attention to the problem um, based on form uh, because the mm. truth of the matter is that you could very easily j- make a case for the, this being form-based. I was already whinging about certain things that Ollie was uh, contributing to our games before any of this happened. Um, was never surprised in any way that he didn't go to Mudgy. Um, uh, had had a whinge about other people being blamed for mistakes that Ollie had made in games that had cost us goals. Um, so, yeah, for me, I, I just, yeah, play on, move on. Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, in terms of communication to answer the question, I have no issues with what's happening right now. Mm. Um, I think we have a few questions later on about the Ollie thing direct so we can maybe touch on it more there too. As long as the club sends us an email and tells us the exact, <laughs> the exact figures of if he's contract and exactly when he's leaving and why and who he doesn't like. What he's having for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I wonder what size cooking for dinner tonight. You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Look at this. Look at this. Look at it. 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 Look at look at, look at. We've got a lot to look at. We've got... There's so many games. <laughs> it looked good. <laughs> Let's start with where we left off. Uh, Of course, back at the start of April, we travelled down to somewhere um, to face Western United. Two all draw, uh, goals from the Cum Dog and uh, the Cum Dog. Cum Dog double. Cum Dog double. Yes. Should have been a triple. Should have been. Should have been a triple. Loved the interview after the game on it, though. (laughs) (laughs) Everything about it. (laughs) Because we were in the middle of whoop, whoop, and he drew attention to the fact that, don't know what this place is, but, um, yep. I just love the cum dog full stop. He's he's been so good. (laughs) So good on the pitch and off the pitch as well. It's it's hilarious. And he keeps it going. He's always got something. We were only talking about uh, his latest contribution to um, smirking for Mariners fans was uh, when the streaker over in Wellington was... uh, was obvi- there was obviously a streaker because when I saw the cum dog wagging the little finger, I was pretty sure I knew what he meant. And it wasn't, hey, how you going, Mariners fans? 
<laughs> and my wife says to me, so what's he doing there? And I'm like, well, I think you just may be um, letting us know that the uh, Streaker is not that well built. <laughs> He was well built, but not in the right areas. Yeah. It's probably a cold day in Wellington. Let's be fair. Yeah, to be fair, obviously. Yeah. obviously. Yeah. But, but no, he keeps. He, he, there's a certain limit there um, mm, that yeah. apparently he, you know, is aware of. And uh, but I love that sort of um, enjoyable, entertaining part to him, and it's having an, an impact uh, on lots of other people who think he's an excitement machine. And I don't think that's just being on the pitch either. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's, he's played. Well, I think it's sixteen games or something like that. And he's had seven goals or eight goals and seven assists or something like that. It's he's basically had a goal involvement in almost all the games that his buddy played in. Yeah, I mean, done, come in and done exactly the job that we needed him to, mm. um, and then some, and then some. And you know, obviously missed the pen at the death in this game. wasn't a great pen to be fair to him. Mm. Um, but on top of all that other really good stuff, also like how he stood up at full time in the full time interview and went, "Yep, I stuffed up." Missed it. I'm gutted. Owned it. Showed, Human. Human. Showed a bit of leadership qualities, I think, in that full-time interview and said, look, yep, I stuffed up, you know, like I let the boys down, blah, blah, blah. Didn't try and shy away from it or anything. So I, I liked that about him as well. 100%. But a, yeah. game, a game we could have pinched, you know, we took it to him. A couple of big day for Noah Smith scoring and scoring <laughs> own, an own goal and then getting two assists. Yeah. Um, and the second assist was great Yeah, with, uh, with the come dog. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a, a, a game that we showed that we can we can compete with those up the top of the table. Mm-hmm. I felt we probably deserved the three points in the end. I felt that the pen was you know just desserts, and uh, that that he that he should have finished it, and he should have been fuming that he didn't finish it. To be honest, and that's and, his bread and butter, uh, isn't it? So. And it? As he said himself, that that's his bread and butter, and he let the boys down a bit, a wee mm. bit there, um, which he had. Um, but um, hasn't impacted on his um, confidence because he's no. out there the very next, uh, you know, opportunity and performing well again. Mm. So, yeah. And and uh, potential minor premiers that we should, could, would have beaten there. Depending on yeah. the result, the way that uh, it goes tonight. I think they've kicked off. I think they're yeah. nearly done actually. But, um, yeah. But not done. But not done. Done but not done. Done but not done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Three days later, of course – Hosting the Wellington Phoenix or Phoenix. That's horrible. That's really bad. I'm not going to do that again. Oh, wow. <laughs> better, than, better than my Scottish <laughs> or French. Or French. Oh, God. Far better than the French. Um, hosting the Wellington Phoenix at Central Coast Stadium Tuesday, the 5th of April. Boys, what a result. Schmecked them. Um, yeah. I mean, what else do you say about it? Mm. <laughs> Basically, they Smashed had nothing. Them. Yeah. Um, so the cum dog stepped back up to the penalty spot in this one? Yeah, which was interesting. And that was the night where Marco had obviously scored one pen mm. uh, and then Cummings, when we got the other pen, Marco had the ball and then Cummings, he didn't try and force it off him, he just asked him. Mm. He went, hey, can I take it? And then Marco went, yep, sure. Gave, yeah. him, gave him the old pat on the back of the head. Go on, mate. And then he slotted it. So liking... I like that our, that our little assumption that uh, they weren't really sort of mates is being blown out now oh, because yeah, in the last month they seem pretty damn close <laughs> and the partnership is blossoming into and a was very one, good partnership. The one today on the uh, on the Ned's social media where Marco yep. was like, oh, yeah, I call him the Scottish Messi. Scottish <laughs> Messi. <Yep. laughs> Love it. Love it. 
Yeah. And there's clearly, in the, in the culture of the team, um, notwithstanding other controversies around the team, in the culture of the team, there is this sort of freedom there and this confidence in each other that, um, you know, it sort of uh, breeds more of the same um, because we'll eventually get to uh, another good result for us where the penalty changed hands again and mm. uh, it changes hands without any punch-ups or anything stupid happening or anyone being too selfish about it. And, you know, maybe that'll change if too many of them get missed. But um, I thought it was uh, odd to change penalty takers. But if you've got the confidence and you could understand why um, Cummings would ask for the ball um, mm. to get his confidence back after the previous game. So, and uh, we enjoyed that. couple of moments of absolute brilliance in this one. The first one, Benny Ancololo. At first, I wasn't sure if he meant it. I thought he was crossing it in. Mummy. Mummy. <laughs> Benny, 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 Benny. Some strike. Meant every single centimetre of it. <laughs> <laughs> Not, nothing to see there. That's just a normal week's work for Benny, or he does it every twice a week, doesn't who, he, really? Who says no to short corners? How good a short corner? I mean, <laughs> seriously. You guys won't get that in joke, uh, but hopefully if Howe's listening, he definitely will. More short corners. <laughs> Howe screamed at the top of his lungs <laughs> F short corners as soon as that happened. Two seconds later, the ball's in the back of the net. <laughs> it was incredible. And then he just got absolutely piled on in the bay. Um, but, yeah, Benny, Benny, the, the absolute confidence mm. player. Mm. When his confidence is up, he is on fire, which we will get to soon. But, um, yeah, picks up another goal in that game. Almost had an identical goal in the next game against uh, Sydney, yeah. which would have leveled things at that stage. Um but yeah, been a very good pickup from Monty in the end. Some of us, some of us never doubted him. <laughs> some of <clears> us, <throat> correct. Well played, Luke. <clears throat> uh, yeah, exactly. Never, yep. never doubted. Never. <laughs> <laughs> never in the last couple of weeks, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Now, and he fits in the culture of the team really well. Obviously, listening to him talk about how the team sort of fits together, and uh, mm. they're all talking about the team, and just feels good to be honest. Um, uh, you know that they're. they're yeah, they're good. They're enjoying playing together by the looks of it and uh, that augurs well for um, what's to come. Garang Kual. <laughs> I mean, not bad for your first league goal, right? <laughs> Was that his first touch of the evening? Pretty close to it. What I think. a touch. Is that only his first or second touch of the evening? Maybe, yeah. maybe first. <laughs> Got to give a shout out to Lewis Miller. Fantastic Some fantastic ball. assist. Mm. Perfect run from Kual. Even better ball. I, I mean, made that look stupidly easy. <laughs> yes. Looking... looking really backwards to the way that he's actually running, hasn't really looked where the goal is or where the goalkeeper is. Mm. And the manager just, just to get enough on it on the half volley just to get it straight past Ollie Sale. Mm. I mean he's so just got good. he's got so that good. Unbelievable football brain about it. Yeah. And this this is this is the sort of you know, whole sort of another topic, but this is the the flary sort of stuff that we see from him and from his brother mm. when he was here is the sort of stuff that gets coached out of young kids when they're in academies and when they go through this bloody curriculum. And that's the sort of stuff that is, no, you're not allowed to do that. You need to stick to the plan and you need to do X, Y, Z and do this. And that's that's the next generation. Why do you think we struggle Mm. so much right now in the senior national team? When you look at some of these other national teams and the way that they play, let your flair type of players do their thing. 
Mm. and properly express themselves. Yeah. And, and if you don't let them, then what they don't do is they don't actually visualise the possibility of being able to do what they try to take on. And that's mm. what happened there was that most players are never going to try that. But in his head, he felt that he could try that. And actually I was having a little chuckle on the weekend because uh, Ivan Tony, nobody will know, Premier League watchers, tried the same thing against Watford and failed. Um, because that is super hard to do. Mm. Um, I'll admit that Tony's mum was a little bit higher, but and but Grand Qual's mum was further out. So mm. um, yeah, to to even you know have the the virtual audacity or almost rudeness to try that <laughs> crap on like, inappropriate <laughs> disrespect. <Yeah. laughs> exactly. How dare you try that and yeah. pull it off as well? Crikey, what's going on there? Oh, mate, the place absolutely erupted and deservedly so. Yeah, mm. yeah, and mm. and then the kid can take some confidence, and when you're seventeen, those things really matter. Surely, seventeen. Mm. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Every time I hear that, I get mad. <laughs> I pulled back the last one, and we'll get to that, to show militia and just said that about three times in the in the replay. Was he born 17, in? Born in 05. 17. Born in 05. Crikey. Come on. Season one of the A-League. Excellent. <laughs> wow. Local boy done good. Uh, last, minute, uh, last minute goal to win it. Well, <laughs> Hatch a flat track bully, isn't he? Uh, cherry on the icing <laughs> on the cake. Um, yeah, flat track bully, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Specialises. Three, three of the four goals of that he scored this season have been in stoppage time blowouts. <laughs> to be fair to Ollie Sale, in that game at home, if it wasn't for him, it would have been like 10-0. Yeah, oh, True. mate. Yeah, I, feel, I feel for him because probably behind Birrigitte, I would say he's the best shot stopper huh? in the league or pretty close to it. Mm. Um, and yeah, I fear for him. And on it's weird that in a game you lose by that scoreline, you would say that your goalkeeper was probably pretty close to the man of the match mm. for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say the uh, uh, what's his name, Louis Fenton, on the other side was having nightmares about Lewis Miller for at least a week mm. after that. Yeah, and uh, then doing high fives when he realised he wasn't playing against you. Oh, he's the one that loaded up Ben Abraham and, and KJJ. Yeah. He got in the uh, year, did he? Possibly. Yeah. possibly. <laughs> um, I don't think there was any game in between there and where we travelled to Western Sydney. No. Um, there not, was, not that I know of. We had Sydney on the fixture sheet, but yeah, anyway. Um, next game, Wednesday, 13th of <laughs> April, 2-all against Western Sydney Wanderers down there. This was frustrating as all hell mm. for a variety of reasons. It's a, it's a weird one. Yeah. Well, we were playing it on a goat track, which yeah. didn't really help. <laughs> we were. A pitch yep. was shocking. Oh. Um, yeah. Mark Rudin even said that in the lead-up to that game. He said it's a great stadium, which it is, uh, but the pitch is not made for football right now, which mm. obviously when you're sharing it with another code mm. where you've got 120 kilo blokes <laughs> slamming, in it, slamming into the ground every two seconds, uh, it's not ideal to try and keep that going. Mm. Um, but, yeah, d- just looking like it wasn't going to go our way. I mean, the goal that they scored – a double deflection from a nothing cross shot, whatever you want to call it, from Tate Russell, deflects off bloody uh, Farrell and then off Rolls to end up in the back of the net. I mean, you can't get much more unlucky than that. Uh, was and it then, even a shot? I don't. I don't know what it was. <laughs> cross or shot? It was going. It was going to miss, and it wasn't really a cross. I have no idea. No. Uh, but and then obviously the incident. <clears throat> let's talk about it. Which the incident? Let's talk about it. Barely <laughs> even a foul. If 
Traore doesn't go down screaming, yeah. and I mean screaming, yeah. the way that he did, Ben Abraham doesn't even blow that up. And this, this was the thing. In real time there in the bay, there was – obviously when you watch replay, you can see it too, but th- there was – he clearly had the ball, mm. gets around him, if that's what you want to call it. Then there was a clear gap between when Lewis ran off mm. and then Traore screams, mm. and then the ref blows the whistle. Exactly. The ref – Blows the whistle based on the scream. Exactly. The linesman's two foot away, doesn't even flag it, doesn't even look at it. Doesn't even flinch. You can't blow free kicks based on a scream. If that's what we're going to do, mm. then people may as well scream every single every single time they go down mm. and more people will get yellow carded and then red carded. And then gives the yellow card just to give himself the opportunity to go over to the VAR screen because he said apparently mm. on his way over, he said, oh, I've given the yellow card to give myself a chance to upgrade it. Yeah. And how long did the yellow Why? card take to come out? It was about a minute and a half before the yellow card actually came out. Mm. He walks off the pitch, looks like he has a chat to the linesman mm. who didn't flag it initially in real time. Uh. So what is the linesman going to add to that conversation? Mm. Eventually decides to give the yellow, like he said, Pete, to then have the potential to then go and upgrade it. So there is a bit of preconceived idea going on there. And if we uh, rewind the tape that night, then Lewis had copped in the first half a situation where he picks up the ball on the right wing. Whoever is his defender there has got two hands in his back um, and puts some pressure on him, enough that Lewis goes down, doesn't even get any interest from Abrams. And then just before the uh, throw-in that preceded the the incident um, was a Michella attempt to clear that it went out for the throw in and uh, Lewis had gone in there pretty gutsy and boots and all and maybe even I actually think that foul was closer to being um, a misconduct issue than, mm. than anything that happened in the incident. Mm. Um, so it just feels like there's this bit of an idea there that, you know, Lewis Miller asking for a foul, asking for a pen, got the crazy eyes, might might um, give you a clap if you get the, the decision wrong. We don't like Lewis Miller, so therefore we're going to look for a reason to find a way to get rid of Lewis Miller. Where am I wrong? I mean, yeah, I don't think you are. Whether it's <laughs> consciously or subconsciously, uh, I think it's it's pretty clear that Lewis Miller makes the most of most things <laughs> when, it, when it comes to when it comes to winning free kicks, right? I'm not. I I don't want to go as far to say that he's he's an out and out diver, but he's definitely pushing the boundary, right? So I don't like to go full conspiracy theory, but yes, when when there is an incident like that, um, when he's being perceived to be too aggressive because that's what he is. That's what makes him a good player mm. is because he is aggressive and strong and powerful. When that comes across as, you know, potentially to be dangerous, he may get the wrong end of the stick on most occasions. Yeah, and, and in terms of the actual foul, like you're talking about you can't blow things based on a scream. Well, I'm going to argue that you also can't blow things based on a screen when it is a misconduct issue, when the force of the tackle is a clear um, part of the decision-making. Um, and in this case, I, I don't know how many people sent me a still image and I don't know how many people... I can't. The still image thing... About to say. Well, <laughs> I'm going to swear. Well, they're just... The still th- image thing does my fucking head in. <laughs> because the thing is that in all of those still images that people sent me, then by that moment in 
the incident, then Lewis, his foot's actually moving away from um, Traore and Traore's leg is moving underneath mm. to catch up with Lewis's foot, which is moving towards the ball. So I don't know how it is that people don't understand, especially the ones that quote the laws of the game that don't mm. think force has a part in decisions like that, but it absolutely differentiates a yellow card from a red card in a misconduct, serious foul play situation like that. So if you can't tell what the force is, then you can't make that decision. But we keep doing it um, and bizarrely from a consistency point of view and we'll probably touch on it later but um we saw a clearly forceful tackle with studs raised in the last game that that was completely unnoticed by um, the var so yeah well we might as well link them together now how wasn't that a red card (laughs) um that's the most obvious red card i've ever seen from that david ball challenge on the weekend Mm. i can't even wrap my fucking head around it yeah, can I, I just cannot say wrap my head around it? And it's, I think, I can't find anywhere where you can see who's in the box for these things. I'm pretty sure KJJ was in the box for the Wanderers was. game yep. and was also in the box for Correct. the Wellington game. Yes. That is inexcusable. How do you reconcile those two things? Inexcusable. To me, he reaches for that ball. It reminds me of when Tommy Rogic um, <laughs> lunged for a ball mm. a number of years ago. It's Sydney. a similar yeah. kind of a challenge. You know what Kai did? He didn't scream loud enough. Exactly. <laughs> that's Apparently that's what gets bloody people sent off these mm. days. Mm. Yeah. You scream loud enough, then you get someone red card. Yep, yep. And he got a yellow, so it could have easily been upgraded to a red. They showed one replay and it – I don't. obviously the next bloody commentators weren't going to say it was a red, mm. but – how do you not see one replay of that and think that's a red card? Yeah. So what is KGJ looking at? Well, the thing about challenges like that one, in real time, you could see how much force was in it. Mm. And and mm. so straight away, I didn't see, I didn't need to see a replay to know there, there was no, a problem right. there was a problem with this challenge. And like somebody mentioned, it was almost identical to the one that he did on Matty Simon uh Danny Wollongong. Yes. And yep. that was given a was that straight red in real time? Yep. I think it was. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it always should be so, when I mean, you're I'm throwing my hands up in. because I don't know what to say. Like, to me, the difference is that the players in those challenges are travelling in different directions, whereas uh, the Lewis and uh, Traore one, they're standing next to each other. Lewis's studs never point anywhere except for the ground. Mm. Lewis has the ball too. Lewis I know I know that's not the be-all and end-all. If you have the ball and then you smack someone in the face, you're probably going to get recarded. I mean, Traore's but, legs come from behind, come yeah. from behind to get underneath Miller's foot. Yeah, and like you said, Moz, Lewis's leg is actually going – down and away. Towards it's not, the it's ball. not stomping in. No. I don't, yeah. I, I, why isn't it a red card, the, the one that happened on the weekend? Um, well, probably because we can't tell which one it is that is a red card. Can, mm. is it, maybe we're making an um, unconscious decision to um, ease up on that situation or change that, that situation because we got it wrong in the previous. Yeah, I think we're just lamenting the level of, of consistency in the league because you go back to the Melbourne City game down there where Leckie came over the top of the ball straight onto Miller's ankle. More and force, more force in nothing, that one. Nothing yeah. given, no card, no pen, nothing. nothing. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that tells you everything that you need to know about the level of consistency in the officiating in this league. Got to say that one was much less forceful than the ball one on the weekend, mm. much yeah. less. Um, he, he connects with Lewis, um, Lecky, but not in the same way as Ball does, lunging straight at him. Like but it's, a, ra- it's a raking motion though, yeah. the yeah. Lecky yeah. one. It's enough. I, I, for mm. me, it's probably an orange. 
Um, and it's definitely a pen. That's the bit. It's <laughs> yeah. a pen all day long, every day of the week. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I, I, it's, it isn't so much, you know, which one's the red card, which one's the yellow card, which one's no free kick, my opinion. Uh, we had a, an orange card and it should have been a pen. We had a, um, no, I don't, I don't even think there's a free kick. In, in the, the Lewis Trey one, one no. um, and the ball one on the weekend, that's a red card straight red. up, as far as I'm concerned. So, it's it's the issue. The issue is nobody can tell what these things are anymore. <laughs> mm. um, I hope that, and also the fact that he got two games. Mm. Uh, don't know if it was for the challenge itself, or, or for the clapping, after. or for the words that were said that were clearly caught on the coverage. <laughs> but I mean. Well-deserved well, words, let's be honest, right? The club have appealed it, and you'd think they wouldn't appeal if it was for what he said afterwards. Yeah. I hope they appeal the entire thing mm. because what happened afterwards was a result of the initial red card decision, right? So it's like a flow-on effect. Mm. I hope the club appeal and they use the example of the David Ball challenge on the weekend mm. and say, mm. where is the consistency? Mm. How is this a yellow not upgraded and Lewis's is a yellow and then upgraded mm -hmm. when... Balls one was ten times worse, in my opinion. So where is the consistency? How how can you suspend someone for two games from a red card, and somebody still gets to play next week when they make a challenge that's much worse? Yeah, no, ridiculous. There is no consistency there whatsoever. From the same person in the VAR box. That's what drives yep. me mental about this the most. Because my argument to VAR early on was that have the same person. Mm in the box for every single game or for most of the games and you'll get some kind of a consistency. Well, that's, got, that's completely gone now mm. <laughs> well, because apparently you don't. Then it does make you – it does sort of add some kind of um, leverage or support to the idea that there is a conspiracy going on there and that, that some of these things are contrived and we don't want mm. to be talking about that. And I don't like that. to do that. No. no, at all. But the bottom line is that – explain it otherwise. Yeah. Um, for the record, all of that stuff that happened, including the clapping after the uh, yellow card, wake up, Lewis. That's the one thing. Yeah, he's got to get smarter about that. that yeah. That's the one thing that I'm okay um, about with Lewis going elsewhere because it, the fact that he can't get a decision because of that overall picture, wrongly or rightly, whether that's the club's view and he's just portraying it or whether it's Lewis Miller on his own, Either way, you can't be doing any of that um, and you just got to be more of a professional than that, um, you know. I mean, if you, I think I remember that Marco Aranya suffered a similar um, situation um, a couple of years Against ago. Against Brisbane at home. Yeah, um, you didn't see any of that. That was wrong as well but he took it like a professional does and left. Um, oh, I think that was far more of a red card than Miller's was. Definitely, <laughs> yeah. definitely. But yeah. neither of them were for me. That mm. was a yellow for me. Mm. Lewis's wasn't even a free kick as far as I was concerned. Mm. I was like, why are we stopping here? Mm. This is ridiculous. Mm. Um, so, yeah, get some consistency, you knobs. Yeah, I agree. But also, don't be a knob, Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the positives from this one, of course. Benny and Gololo from the spot. How are you guys feeling when he stepped up to the spot? The stress that he caused me <laughs> when I saw him the grab the ball. <laughs> grab the ball from Cummings, mind you. He yes. was so confident, so confident, right? So the referee blows the whistle and then Cummings picks up the ball. Benny straight away, give me the ball, give me the ball, walks straight out of the Cummings. And, I mean, Cummings, again, you have to, you know, commend him for having the confidence in his teammate 
and also as a striker, just to give the ball to him <laughs> when he hasn't taken a penalty this season. Um, yeah, that was that was a tough one. That was a tough one. But these are a bunch of blokes who are enjoying playing this together and confident yeah. in each other's uh, abilities and having confidence in one another. They're playing little passes and flicks that that you do when you've got that kind of confidence and uh, more freedom. Yeah. They're and you have to think as well, like for some of the younger boys to see that, you know, Cummings has the confidence in him to take that. It's going to flow onto them having the confidence in someone else, them having, you know, the confidence in them to do certain things during the game. You have to think that that flows throughout the squad. Yeah. And I think we saw that in the next game too. Yeah. And it's a record. I, I think it was a record uh, for the amount of time taken during a run-up. <laughs> <laughs> or is it also possibly it a record for the number of steps taken during a run-up? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, wasn't be. <laughs> wasn't the best penalty in the world. If they keep it guessed the right way, it would have been a pretty comfortable save, mm. I think. But it went in the back of the net. So pen to pen, goals you, goal. You, you take it. Yeah. You take yeah. it. Mm. Mm. Now, as president or co-president of the official Dan Hall fan club, mm-hmm. I was very, very pleased. Scene finally open his account. Yeah, the scenes, the absolute scenes. <laughs> Would you describe it as bay. limbs? Limbs. Now, I don't know how many people were there, but it was a full-on mosh pit uh, on the bloody fence <laughs> when that went in the back of the net. Um, yeah, I mean, was well-deserved in the end, I think. I mean... Definitely good value for a point at least. 100%, yeah. Especially to cop the Wanderer's other goal mm. straight after the red card. Mm could easily do things to your confidence. You could easily completely crumble and then lose but by three or four. Just really quickly on that one, Petrados is fucking celebration. The Conor McGregor. Yeah, the Conor McGregor. <sighs> Missed it. What was Yuck. this? It wasn't even a good goal. No. It's like you scored a tap in against 10 men. Cool. <laughs> Fat fuck. <laughs> Can I add hold to that? Because... <laughs> Because he does appear to have not be the player he used to be. Just putting that there. No, no, he's, he looks like he's twice the player he used to be. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly what I was referring to. <laughs> yep. Okay. Play on. <laughs> the food in Western Sydney is pretty good, so I mean, it's hard to it's hard to put that past him. Dan it's, should have had a brace, surely. Oh, yeah. and he said that in the post match as well that he was he was a little bit spewing at himself about missing the first one. Just sort of. Close his eyes and hope close his eyes. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's fair. That's a defender's uh, instinct, isn't it? To close your eyes and hope that the ball goes in the back of the net. It was a hard one. Yeah, but yeah. How good was Garang in the lead up for this one though? Oh, because Faz gets absolutely cleaned up Faz, in the box. Faz I don't know how that doesn't up. get blown up. Yeah. as well. I by mean, the way. even prior to all that, Hall was actually the one that put the ball from the edge of the box mm. across to Farrell. So Hall like started that whole initial build up. Mm. Um. And, yeah, I mean, the ball across to Faz, obviously the touch from Faz would have been interesting if the ball didn't go in the back of the net, if that would have been looked at and then given a pen. Probably not, the way things were going that night for us. Uh, But, I mean, yeah, how good was Kowal? Skips past two of them, Mm -hmm. sticks the ball in a dangerous spot, the cross or shot, I don't know what you want to call it, but it worked. Mm. And... Dan just doing what good central defenders do in the 96th minute when you're looking for a point. Yeah. Um, getting the right spot and bundle it home. Can I just ask, do you really play the advantage in a penalty call? He, I don't think he played advantage, did no, he? No, he didn't signal advantage. Okay, no. because you can't really do that, can you? Because, I mean, he had it in for us that night, so there's no way. Yeah, so there's yeah. just another piece to the conspiracy theory. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I used to like Ben Abrams. Me too. I, I also used was... to like Ali Raza Fagani as well. But yeah, true. Geez. The list is starting to dwindle. <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I actually like any referees now. I like Alex King. 
Yeah, I don't mind Alex King. Yeah, yeah. In fairness, actually, I think he's probably the best ref in the league. Yeah. Give me um, a couple of days and I'll come up with where he's screwed us, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah you he was the one could. that sent Ureño off um, at uh, Central Coast Stadium against Brisbane that we were mm. just talking about. So mm. clearly I disagree on that one. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, the celebrations after the Dan goal, so good. Same. So good. Absolutely worth it. Um, yeah, very, very commendable for the boys to come back from 2-0 down and playing against the 10 men. Um, I just have to say as well, the look on Mark Rudin's face at full time, <laughs> or after the goal went in, and then the look on Troisi's face at full time just <laughs> filled me with unbridled joy. It was, it was incredible. It oh. was incredible. And But on the flip side of that, as a fan of uh, football, it is quite sad to see where the Wanderers are. Mm. Uh, and I don't know if many people will agree, but going to Western Sydney back in the day, I say, as a 28-year-old, um, used to be... Really good fun. The atmosphere was insane. Arguably the best in the league up there with victory back in the day. Um, not even close now. No. I remember that close. first year. What 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 have they done to that club? They I have completely cooked it. Yeah, I'd, I'd they say have. they're a shell of themselves, but that's an insult to shells. Yes. Like they, uh, yeah. they have completely nothing. screwed the joint. They, they were part of the entertainment. Yeah. I, I sat uh, behind the bench at the very first game there. What was it? A one old draw? And uh, then in the second game we played down there, I actually bought tickets in the bay that overlooked the RBB because that spectacle in itself was worth yeah. seeing during a football match. And, and even the semi final that but we now, the semi final that we we won that game, didn't we? That semi final? Uh, Did we one lose one there? there? No, we lost that. We lost that one, yeah. Oh, we, we won the we won first one and lost the one the next year. Yeah. yeah. The one that we lost. Well, actually, even both. Both of those games for us, probably one of the better days for us as an away team atmosphere. Oh, huge. But that that was, second one in particular was, yeah, was increased because of how good the home they support was. They drove yeah. other, yeah, other yeah. Uh, actives on to do far better. Yeah, and I can almost probably guarantee you if the RBB was still getting three or four bays completely sold out to every home game, you would have had a sold-out derby because mm. you would have had more Sydney fans go. Yeah. It, it just flows on to the other teams. It does. You look at how many numbers they used to bring up here. Yeah. Like their march from the Settlers up uh, yeah. Donaldson Street. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I remember in the first couple of seasons, I remember going up to Newcastle to watch Newcastle and the Wanderers go and play and I would sit on the hill and sit near the RBB just because mm. it was a good atmosphere. Yep. Yeah. Like that uh, was that was why I would go specifically to that game. Oh, I used to go to, yeah, Sydney derbies at, yeah. um, at the old Parramatta or Bank West as well. The one that was the one that, what was the Sydney derby? The 60, was there 60,000? 60, 65 or something, one at ANZ, that was insane. Mm. How do you how, how do you go from that to where they are now? And I know they've had the whole stadium thing, and but, but that's not – the whole point of the new stadium was that it was going to apparently bring everybody back and it was going to fix everything. But they've completely screwed the club so badly internally uh. that it's going to take years and years to fix. And oh, the, yeah. the way it's going, it's looking like they're not going to make finals for the seventh year yeah. in a row, sixth or seventh year in a row. Mm -hmm. And they've signed their coach for two seasons who's – literally just been sacked from another job yeah. for poor results. Who and was getting poor results when they signed him for yeah, two they were, seasons. They yeah. were like two and four or something. Mm -hmm. And they and then they panicked because MacArthur were interested. <laughs> so then they signed him for two seasons. I love that so much though. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a, it's a combination of how badly oh. they've screwed the club internally, but also the sort of malaise generally around the entire league. Yeah. You know, crowds are down league-wide, but it's – even more apparent at a, at a club like the Wanderers yeah. that used to be a big club. Yeah. 
I'd go 100%. so far as to say that the league has been, you know, whacking them away because they're, they've pretty much been ignorant for a number of years about the impact that their overzealous security has on fan culture. Oh, and, yeah, a and massive impact in Western They were too. leading the race in fan culture and meanwhile being beaten to a pulp by everybody about the way that their fan culture was and over-secured. Yeah. And as a result, they've just got more and more frustrated over time and less and less of them and that just breeds more, less and less. And then we've got the general malaise that starts to happen in the last year or two, um, some of which probably is related to the disease and that. But, yeah. And you have to think, though, as well, from, from a region in Western Sydney that maybe the population hasn't got the best relationship with the police as it is or, right. or the best impression right of the police they don't want to have to come to a game and go through that as well yeah. no <laughs> that's supposed to be the escape but so you know then, you know it's overzealous policing when them muppets uh, give us a hard time because mm. you know and, and let's 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 be clear here that we've all stood and been around those people we've walked out of uh, games with those people around we've had that that uh, large group that came down Donison Street and then came in the stadium gate walk right by me was I ever in fear of being damaged by any of these people no. never mm. seriously um, mad passionate fans a hundred percent you know Killers or maimers? Oh, I didn't see any of them. <laughs> Seriously. So what's yeah. with all the police? And, 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 you know, we've had our own incidents with riot police uh, uh -huh. around over the time. So the idea that police feel that way about the way that football fan culture works, is yeah. that's a big part of the problem, if you ask me. It's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, the FA and the league have only got themselves to blame for the position. That Add to that that Western Sydney can't manage... <laughs> their club <laughs> result yeah yeah from the ceo down yeah, yeah. Mm. well from one absolutely shocking attendance to probably one of the best attendances in the league this season uh as we traveled over the ditch to face the knicks again the second time in two weeks uh similar sort of result as well nine nil over two games nine nil over two games nine but nil aggregate not did you bad. not hear did you not hear uh paul eiffel on sky <laughs> tv pregame there's no way that a similar result will Happen again. And Paul, right. you cooked it. Mm. <laughs> please respond. <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah. Football expert. Yeah. I mean, he was right. He was right technically. It was only 4 0 instead of 5. So, <laughs> um, wasn't the same result, but went pretty much the same way. Benny and Cololo continuing his rich vein of goal scoring form. How good was the assist, just quietly? Yeah. Happy to eat humble pie and Muller there. Um, I never doubted him. Yeah, some people did. Uh, <laughs> I, ate, I ate the pie before this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm still pretty full. Um, now, look, Muller, mm, yeah, Muller in the Sydney game, when he came on, the game that we oh. shall not speak of in the last month, was, was so, so bad. Not good. Not good. He was basically at fault for three of the goals for giving the ball away, and then we got caught on the counter. Um, after he that, started against the Wanderers. Yeah, after that game, I. Did not want to see him again. Oh. Uh, yeah, and then you're right. He started against the Wanderers, and I thought, well, that's a weird, strange decision. Uh, but whatever. Um, showed in the game on the weekend against Wellington what he can do. What? Give me that Muller. Mm. Give me the seven to eight out of ten Muller mm. most weeks for sixty minutes if he starts, and I'm more than happy with that because that assist was perfect. The run from Benny, he ran from halfway made that run all the way into the box and i mean the finish as well like he it was it was <laughs> tidy it was Perfect. all good it was all good and again i have to reiterate very weird to watch a score good football goals after 
what's been, <laughs> you know, outside of last season, a shit uh, six or so years of watching us play some not great football to, to watch us play some nice, free-flowing, attacking football. Mm. Jeez, it's good. Mm. And the Wellington fans, they were uh, in full voice after that happened with the who are yous. And, uh, they <laughs> Benny know. giving them the ears. How so good just, was that? The celebration. <laughs> and, and they now know who Benny Encololo <laughs> is. Complete shithousery from Introducing. Benny. Introducing. <laughs> Love it. Love it. It's funny how short their memories are because he scored an absolute banger against them two weeks exactly. ago. Exactly. Where were yeah. they? <laughs> Yeah, oh, probably so good. <laughs> so good. It was a come dog who uh, doubled our advantage. Uh, was Muller involved in this one again? He was. He did the uh, Muller was on the edge of the box and mm. did the little cross into Maresh, Maresh which then sorry. went. Yes, did the header off the crossbar and then, you know, again the come dog a poacher's goal really getting the right spot <laughs> at, at the right time. Yep. Um, that's just striker's instinct. Yeah. Probably 100%. Maresh should have had it and um, yeah, probably, probably I mean, deserved thought, it too. It was a good yeah. header. It was uh, a very good so, header. Um, yeah, because he gets in between two guys there, I yeah. think, and um, oh, makes the right. Only Sale didn't get there either. No, no yeah. there, there was, was no chance of that. No, no. Yeah. Uh, but then he's committed because he tried to get there and uh, the cum dog is the only one who can really get at that. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, deserved mm -hmm, mm -hmm. again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Deserved again. Maresh, three minutes later, uh, great ball in from Stormroo. Yep. Another one. Uh, Never might, have to, might have to have some more humble pie. <laughs> <coughs> Just uh, munching some down now. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, nom when, nom. you know, when we signed him, like we've sort of said a few times, it was a little bit indifferent to the signing, but when he's had to come on or when he's started, he has done the job. And I think on the weekend, obviously started the game, um, probably had his best game for us so far this season, I think. Yeah, comfortably. Um, was good defensively, provided an outlet, you know, going forward, um, the ball in. I don't know if he was aiming for Maresh. He might have been aiming for Urenya, but uh, it got to one of them. So that's all that counts. And I was happy for Maresh too because I thought Maresh was pretty good uh, on the weekend. I thought, yeah. I thought he did enough. Uh, yep. You know, I thought he hassled enough, had good energy. Um, you know, he was up and about. And I think that's what we saw a little bit earlier in the season from him. So uh -huh. good to see him recapture a little bit of that. Should have had one in the first half um, from memory where he just put it out wide. Um, from close range um, mm. in front of Sale, um, got a good cross in. Uh, he, he puts himself in good positions as well. And, yeah, so I like the kid. Go, Maresh. Flat track bully Matt Hatch, 96 minute. <laughs> He's done it Sale again. is having <laughs> nightmares. He's done it again. Uh, um, yeah, even even uh, Ollie Sale said at full time that, yeah, probably should have done better. Uh, I don't know what happened. It just looked like he had a big bloody hole in his hand. Yeah. It just went straight through, straight through it. Straight through. It was weird. He was too busy trying to keep his legs closed, I think. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's had nightmares from two weeks ago. He knew what was coming. Uh, <laughs> another uh, Garan Kowal involvement. Got the oh, assist. The run. Wow. I mean, so good. I was so, like kind of disappointed he wasn't playing for Academy on Sunday. Yeah. But, yeah. wow. This kid, man. Oh, he's so this good. kid, absolutely nothing on there. So good. Like he's got his back to goal, and he's near made the, the run from halfway. Yeah. yeah, and so he beats the first two clowns, and <laughs> <laughs> and then the third one tries valiantly to chase him, but he burns him as well, and then burns him again just for good measure. Yeah, <laughs> then makes the perfect way to ball. That's uh, yeah, wow, seventeen. Yeah, seventeen. That is mm. one seven. Mm. Wow. Yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around, and I, I, it's <laughs> very, it's hard to fault anyone for the game on the weekend. Everyone was great. I mean, you look right from the back, you know, Birgi makes that save three seconds before we score the opening goal. He makes the save. We play eight or nine passes on the counter attack and then the ball's in the back of the net. So that's, you know, as much as I sometimes critique Birgi for certain things, um, that's where he earns his money when he, when he does that sort of thing. And, you know, he keeps us in games. 
um, that's what he's there for. And we, we made the most of our chances. Um, you know, after the Sydney game was frustrating because the Sydney game was a big night. It was the pink round. It's a Saturday, 7.45 game, and we completely cooked it. We, I don't think we deserved to lose 5-0 really, but we did not defend well that night. If we hadn't taken our chances, it could have been a different game. Um, but, yeah, defensively, we were not good that night. Mm. Our worst game of the season. But in that next game on the weekend, that's what made me nervous about it. It's, it, was, it was another big event. It was yep. back home for the first time in a year for them. It was going to be a big crowd that was hostile in a way. And it was we completely stepped up to the occasion. Um, and I, I, don't think, I don't think really anybody had a bad game. I mean, the, the only one that springs to mind a little bit is probably Dan Hall. He had a few misplaced sort of passes yeah. and a few times kicking it out and a few, few sort of balls um, that he sort of gave away pretty cheaply. But we put, but the rest of the team played that well that we didn't really notice didn't it. Didn't notice it, yeah. It's just nice so, guy Dan Hall just trying to give him a yeah, chance. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's already <laughs> yeah. him a chance. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, how good was it for, to be in that situation where we've got four of our best sitting on the bench with a few minutes to go there and they're all having mm. a good old smirk at themselves on the screen, on yeah. the big screen during <laughs> yeah. that streaker moment because, you know, we've dusted the game and uh, we can, you know, empty the bench and uh, – put all of the uh, peeps out there to grab those rewards, Hatch, mm. Grand Koal, Some good game, man- some good uh, match management from Monty as well. Yeah, I did we he- learn something from the Sydney game and the occasion? Mm. Hopefully. Um, and take that to New Zealand because uh, it kind of looked that way. Mm. Yeah. I think the more positive thing is players like, players like Jacob Farrell who I don't think he put a foot really wrong on the weekend. He was on fire again. You know, some of the, some of the little things that he does that I think it's sort of, looked over just sort of like a few of the little first time sort of balls that he plays out from the back some of the things that you know I, I don't think you see too many other younger Australian players really try, try to do yeah. or they they don't execute it as well as what he does and I, I don't know if it's a being young and he has that no fear thing but sort of some of the balls that he plays I go oh shit but then he it works it comes off. and I'm like did he is he meaning to do that is he that good or is he <laughs> is he fluking it or what but um, you don't fluke it that often. No, no, you don't. No, so he's, he's absolutely, absolutely got the quality to to be where he is, and he's been rewarded. And I mean, what he's played every game this season, bar the one he got suspended for mm. for the yellow cards. And he's he's still one yellow card away from suspension. He's been on seven has, cards for the last been, ten weeks or something. Sh- <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he should probably cop one, but it resets going into finals. I think doesn't it? If I we make the six, think so. I yeah. think it does. So better. <laughs> that's that's. I mean, that's actually a pretty good point. I mean, do you cop one against Newcastle this weekend? And I don't, hmm, that's a good point. Now that you've raised it, now I'm nervous because if he cops one and then misses a game, that's going to be a big miss in these last four. But we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Mm. I feel like he got one against them, and he deserves the opposite now. <laughs> he deserves to get away with one. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I think probably a big shout out to Maxi Ballard. I think had mm. one of his better games for us for a while. Um, that combo with him and Niz in the midfield is continuing to come good and to look good. Um, you know, Nisbet pulling the strings again. Maxi in there doing some of the dirty work. You know, like I said last time I think we recorded, he's still making mistakes. Like the ball, the reason we gave the ball away in the lead up to the Birrigitte save, which then led to us scoring, was because Maxi gave the ball away in a bad position, which nearly caught us out on the counter. So he's still making those sorts of mistakes. Um, but I think he's... The work that he's doing that is good is outweighing those few mistakes. Yeah. And, you know, we, we, we might be sometimes living on the edge a little bit with those, you know, with those sorts of things on another, you know, on a 
on another day, ball scores and, you know, we're down one nil. But we're riding our luck sometimes with those sorts of things and it's working at the moment. So, um, you make your own luck, I think, sometimes as well. You do, and we've we've had enough for the bad shit. Yep, uh, lately <laughs> in uh, the <laughs> month that we don't speak of. So we are yeah. definitely owed some. I think the more minutes Maxi gets, the more the more touches on the ball he gets, the more confident he looks. Yeah, yeah, agree. Yeah, no, he's you know he is close to establishing real consistency there, which that's the hardest thing to do. And the thing I fear most about the young players, you know, how long it takes them to get that kind of consistency before they go from those mistakes um, that get made to the way that Kai Rolls is playing. Um, mm. Young player stops making mistakes, just consistently delivering the same product every time. Um, looks like the coach giving them their head, so to speak, gives all of them this opportunity. I think that's maybe something around um, Faz as well where, you know, in that first derby then Monty had a word about a poor header in the first half. He scored the header, the diving header in the second half. Mm. Um, and you, you have to imagine that Monty is drilling into him that I want you to keep taking that risk. I want mm. you to keep making that play. You'll make a mistake. And when you do, we're not going to be talking about it again. We're just – you've got to keep playing that because that's where we're good. Um, so Monty's confidence in those boys is really taking the pitch. Um, to me. So. Yeah. And I think one final shout out to my man, Benny. He was everywhere. You can talk about Benny all day. If you I'm going to. Don't <laughs> go on. Don't threaten me with a good time, Moz. Yeah. Because he was everywhere. I think, I think he was voted, he, voted player of the match as well, oh, wasn't he? By a country mile. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he four or four or five, you know, Matty Simon-esque uh, defensive headers, mm-hmm. you know, from their corners. I think the corner count was like 11 to 3 or something, like a full-time, their way. Yeah. We give away so many corners, it's insane, and it puts us under a lot of pressure, and we know how many goals we have conceded uh, this season from set pieces. So, um, yeah, his defensive work was incredible. Obviously, the goal he scored was incredible. Um, and, yeah, he was everywhere. He was just everywhere. In, in the lead-up to the Cummings goal, he receives – the crossfield ball from somebody I can't remember. Um, no, just a bit of a casual outside of the left foot bring down on the first touch, and then he gets the ball into Muller, who then puts the cross in. Just full of confidence, mm. full of confidence. I love it. I think it was Maxi Ballard made the ball. And, yeah. yeah, and it, they're just all of them seem to be full of confidence, and it's growing. And more results like that. I don't know how many goals we've scored in how many games now, but geez, we score a lot of goals. <laughs> Which team will want to play against us? Presumably, Western United want to play against us. Oh, no, actually, we should have beat them. Well, we've we've now scored the second most in the league. Yep. Where, first, first where, time where would you had have predicted that? First time we've cracked more than 35 goals since the 2012-13 season. Yeah, and I think we're only three behind. No, that's for conceded. Yeah, no, for goals scored, yeah. Mm. yeah, yeah goals, goals scored. We've still cracked, second in the league. We've yeah. 40 now, haven't we? Yep, exactly 40. I think 20 of those have come in our last seven games. They have. Hmm, there you go. Wow. And I recently asked for Niz to score more goals in a different conversation. But, <laughs> but if we're going to have our front four, five, all scoring goals almost at will, um, let's just blank out that Sydney game, <laughs> then uh, Niz can just play his role, thanks. Keep distributing fast ball because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. that's working well. Fine by me. Another goal fest on Sunday afternoon, just after the conclusion of the Wellington Phoenix game. The Central Coast Mariners Academy 
getting it done once again over Western Sydney Wanderers. This one finished 4-3, an absolute thriller. The scenes. Can you say Ding Dong Affair? I believe somebody did on commentary. <laughs> Several um, times. Yeah, this was a, was a pretty crazy game. <laughs> After just watching us win 4-0, I was watching us on my phone uh, at Plume while I watched the 20s play mm. who had a good win mm-hmm. uh, against the Wanderers. Uh, and then, yeah, went from straight into that into first grade. Um, and, yeah, I think a ding-dong affair describes it quite well. Crazy tempo. Like it yeah. was end-to-end stuff. It was so open. Yeah. You could tell it was two, two younger yeah. A-League Academy sides yeah. playing but against each other. Two yeah. sides that kind of played without fear as well. Yeah. Um, Nicholas Gitarich opened the scoring with an absolute bomb in the 15th minute. Just flew into the top left corner. Yeah. Lovely stuff. Um, they pegged this back to one all through Battalato, who's played a bit in the A League, um, and then I think they went two one up in the second half. They did. Yeah. They did. They had uh, their only real notable players was Wilmering and Natta, wasn't and, it? And Battalato, yeah. yeah, yeah. They're the only three that have played up in their A League side, and then we had Jock. Yep. Is that it? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, our, our and side. Tappy. Yeah, but, yeah. Our, our squad was squad was a bit weakened because of obviously when we played. Mm. Um, normally, if we were to play midweek or something or the night before, and if nobody got on the on the pitch, we'd see probably Steely or something start or Cam Windust. Yeah, actually, I, I saw I saw Bayless. There. I was going to say injured? Bayless, James Bayless. Yeah, yeah, not too sure because uh, he was in the grandstand uh, in front of you. I think. Yeah, his, his brother played Lachlan and yeah. scored an absolute bomb as well. Good player too, by the way. Oh, oh mate, he was absolutely killing it in that ten roll. Good player. He looked sharp. Yep. Very, very sharp. Um, yeah, so he made it two all. We went three two up, conceded in the 90th to make it three all. Yeah. And then limbs.exe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Door jock, 94th minute. I cheered for that goal as late as I would have a Mariners uh, <laughs> goal at Central Coast Stadium. It was, yeah, absolute scenes. Very, very just scrambly ish in the build up. Uh, but then a quality ball in from. Pete, you want to know this off the top of your head, maybe? Kresner. Kresner, yep. Also, quite a handy player. Oof, um, mate, he looks good at left back. If we need someone to step up for Faz. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, he's very raw, very green, but yeah. geez, what a motor on him. Um, really good ball in. And I mean, the finish from Jock 2, super yeah. quality instinct on the volley into the bottom corner. Mm, striker's um, finish. Yeah, striker's finish. Running away, shirt off, <laughs> whole bench clears. Proper scenes, hey. Proper, absolute. Two times in a week against the Wanderers, we've completely stitched up <laughs> in the, with, with the last second. kick of the game. It was so good. No, I haven't heard the stands like that at Plume Park for ever. Yeah. Like it was, it was An important win too because that put us up above the Wanderers, I believe. Now in second, uh, yeah. so undefeated in our last five. And yes, ahead of the Wanderers, we've knocked them out of the top four as well. Yeah, so... Bit of a slow start for Academy, but but things starting to click, it yep. seems. And Andrew um, Christensen's got them playing quite well. Yep. A few a few little changes here and there within the squad uh, from the first sort of couple of games I think has made a difference. Yeah. And yeah, yeah there's um, a couple of there's a couple of pretty good looking prospects, it's still yeah. it's still it's still very early to tell, but obviously Dorjop, I think for me is is the one that's looked the most likely. Sash Kazevsky for me. Same. The yep. right back. Kresnar yep. um, as well and, and Lockie Bayless, the way that he's improved over the last yep. 12 months, it's been Those are probably incredible. the four, I think, that have been the sort of standouts, I think, across yep. the first sort of few rounds. Yep. Wind um, dust as well when he's played. Yep. Tappy's been solid. I mean, you could 
go on or not yeah. really. But. And I mean, it's it's a hard job too for Andrew this season, given the change from last season. Mm. So it's not really surprising. It was going to probably take a few rounds for things to click, mm-hmm. um, make a few changes that we probably needed uh, and seems to be working. So. Still players to come back, like we said as well. So yep. after their mandatory mandatory rest period after the A-League finishes, you'll yep. see, yeah, Steely, you'll see maybe some more Garangski action. Strong finish to uh, hopefully push for promotion. Ah, oh, they're getting it done. Imagine not being there. <laughs> I know. <laughs> eh? 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 Who schedules this crap? I had to interrupt my Easter lunch with family in order to just watch the A-League game. It was too much to ask for a, a release to, <laughs> to get down the park, but then afterwards it was immediate FOMO. Mm. Well, it's all right. You know, unlocked Paramount Plus, the uh, MPL.TV has a replay up straight away. Yeah, <laughs> I went straight home, pulled up the app, fired it up, could watch the entire replay straight away. <laughs> I could fast forward straight to the end to watch the goal again. So mm. if you're listening, Paramount and Channel 10, get your shit together. Yeah, and so how much did <laughs> they the MPL flog TV to watch app, If the MPL TV app can do it, why can't you? Mm. Yeah, how much is the subscription they're flogging you on that? I believe it's zero dollars. Oh, not zero point zero zero dollars. Yes, wow. zero zero. Zero point wow. zero zero. An oh. email and a password <laughs> is all we need. Wow. To be able to pause and to rewind and have an instant. You could even go upload. to the match center and just select moments from the match that you want to watch. Rewind. No. Rewind. Pause? Imagine rewind. Pause. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That this must be really difficult to do. <laughs> really technical and really expensive. <laughs> Commentary leaves a bit to be desired, though. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I least, think Lewis least, Miller described them well actually not, uh, after he got the red card. <laughs> uh, yeah, at least you're not biased like certain other commentators that we heard on the weekend. Who was biased? What, what did I miss? The next commentators. Yeah. Oh, Come yeah, on. Okay. okay. Sorry, I've just become, I've become used to that. Keep up, Ross. That's, that's, that's uh, standard. I know it's been a while, but... Fair. Standard fair. Yes, although I did notice that uh, whoever was the second chair there wasn't the normal second chair and uh, seemed a little bit underconfident. Probably need to be replaced by someone like Pete Pryor. <laughs> I want to fly me to Wellington to call games over there. I'm more than happy to do it. Yeah, why not? I've heard you say Nux and one, so you work. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to the Coast Football Ramble Podcast. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. And sometimes maybe answering your questions as well. It is that time of the week, of course, where we answer your questions. And we've had quite a few of them come through this week uh, across Facebook, Twitter, the ccmfans.net forum as well. Let's kick things off with Jesse Canning. Jesse hears that apparently Daniel Challoner doesn't scrunch or fold. Is this true? If so, what does he do? Mm. Does he caveman it? <laughs> With a leaf or something? Or I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. that's a weird question. Shake, shake, shake. Um, do, 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 shake, shake, He has moved to Bluehaven, so it wouldn't surprise me if he does do that. <laughs> yeah, move so. from move from Cessnock. Yeah. Mm. So he's moving up in the world at least. Not by far. <laughs> well, well, maybe he's a bit hoi polloi and he's got one of those bidets to wash off his bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. I think we need to ask him, though. Mm. Definitely. We'll mm. find out. Well, I hope so, yes. Well, not really. Yes. Sorry, Dan. Dave Bloom is moving on from the Boink Murray Cut this week, thankfully. Um, <laughs> this week he asks, why does a round pizza come in a square box and then is cut into triangles? I don't know, but I'm hungry now. Yeah, me too. Mm. Don't mention it again. I'm going with – I prepared a little bit towards this, not too much, <laughs> but um, 
the roundness in the squareness allows stacking but also allows you to skim a bit of extra profit by taking the corners off that dough and those toppings. But then the triangles, the reason for those is that the skinny bit of the triangle fits beautifully into the mouth. Whereas what do you do with a big square piece of whatever that you're trying to – what, do you fold it over so that you can stick it in your mouth? And you'd have topping everywhere. So there it is. You've done more work on that one question than what you have – a week in your actual job, I think. <laughs> I, I, know, I know that possibly is true. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Keenan Jensen, how many points do you guys think we need in the last four games? Keenan thinks that we need eight to 12 to be safe. 12 would be nice. Yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, MacArthur finished in sixth last season on 39, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. And we're currently on. 30, aren't we? 31. 30. 30. Um, so ideally, yeah, nine of the last 12, if you're going to use that as a benchmark uh, from last season, which is not always completely accurate, but um, yeah, as a benchmark, I would use that. Hmm. Well, Western United have just done us a favour over MacArthur as well. They've just finished up in that one there. Have they won, obviously. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm. So that gives us a game in hand over MacArthur with uh, only two points behind them. And they currently occupy six spots. So by the time we play the Jets on Saturday, because they play again on Friday, MacArthur, mm. we will have two games in hand. The race is on. The race is very much on. And Sydney's obviously a point above us, but they've already played 24. Yeah. And now they've got this crazy schedule of two weeks or whatever it is in this ACL hub mm. to play three or four games or something. Uh-huh. Uh, Come in, back and play two more. In crazy conditions. that The game they played uh, against that, I think it was in Thailand against a Thai team because mm. I think that's where the hub is, mm. um, was the conditions were crazy, super <laughs> muggy. They, they were just sweating it off. So that I'm, I'm you know thinking that they're going to come back from that hub quite Fatigued, and they've only, they've only got two games to play to try and get into the finals, and they're already outside the six at mm. the moment. So, mm. how did the Phoenix get enough points to be where they are? <laughs> I don't know. What were they doing? <laughs> I saw somebody say this somewhere that every time they turn on the TV, that Wellington are like losing four nil. How mm. are they? <laughs> they are, how are they where they are on the table? Mm. Is, just, just I mean, never I felt, seen I the felt team like this. Good. I felt like this with Adelaide, and yeah. I still feel like this with Adelaide. How are they in fourth? Baffling. Yeah. Mind you, they're only four points ahead of us and we have a game in hand on them. So, mm. hmm. We're there or thereabouts anyway. Mm-hmm. And which one of these teams would want to play against us? Haven't we beaten them all? Or at least uh, should have beaten them all? Yeah. <laughs> Notwithstanding the odd referee's decision, debarkless situations. Debarkless. Is that a word? It is now. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's very appropriate for the A-League. <laughs> William Brown, how do we feel about the Aquilina signing even though we're losing Miller? Uh, yeah, good. I'm fine with it. I like it. Um, yeah, heard, heard about this one a couple of weeks ago. Well, let's go back to the Lewis Miller thing. We've known about that since prior to the uh, FFA Cup final. Yeah, so it feels like months. <laughs> it's been a while. It's been months. That one's... That one's been there and done for a hot minute um and the p- 
person to leak it that he was leaving was actually Garan Kowal on his Instagram story after the <laughs> FFA Cup final uh, posted a picture with Lewis Miller with something along the lines of please don't leave. Or yeah, he actually posted, like he posted it to uh, not his story, just on his general Insta. It was. Too, and then yeah. he removed the caption. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think maybe he got the uh, tap on the shoulder from someone there. So he actually gave that one away um, but obviously didn't say where he was off to. We knew it was MacArthur for a while. Mm. And this this was also this was revealed on commentary in the Western game, which we obviously haven't recorded since then. So it's been out for a couple of weeks now. Mm. Um, the move is completely stupid, in my opinion. It's dumb. Completely stupid. This reeks of uh, Macarthur throwing money at him, mm-hmm. him saying yes, hard not to begrudge him of that, but reeks of agent influence, wanting a bit more of a cut. Uh, it's also MacArthur's MO when they're signing players is saying yeah. they do it to try and destabilise the other teams in the league. Yeah. They they don't give a shit about Lewis Miller. No, and I, it's just it's a completely sideways move in my opinion. His next move should be overseas if he's going to develop uh. into what he potentially could be. His next move should 100% be overseas, not to MacArthur, which looks like the way things are going might not even be a club in the next sort of couple of seasons. They don't have a coach for, no. for next year. So apparently Ante Milicic is just leaving and moving back to Croatia. They <laughs> wanted Rudin and then the Wanderers obviously panicked and then they signed up Rudin. Apparently MacArthur are interested in Ufuk Tale, which would not surprise me if he says yes to mm. move back to Sydney, big close money. to the family. Big money. Would be big money. The Wellington job would be a Good one, but given the current situation and what he's sort of been through the last couple of years, he may just want to say, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. Um, so for him to move back to MacArthur makes sense. Why you would sign there given that unstabilization, mm. uh, who's actually signed him? Do they have a football, football manager that's just sort of making the call? And The CEO apparently was very smug about the whole situation. Yeah, and then mm. so Lewis has to somehow fit into that with a new coach. It just makes no sense to me. Seems anyway. a lot about the bank manager to me. Mm, yeah. Like, you know. Yeah, I think this is all about money. And th- this this is where I know people are going to be annoyed at, at the club. It's not – this is not the, the club's club issue. That we do not have the money to compete with other clubs when it comes to this sort of a situation. This is – the whole thing is a victim of the system. Mm. And when we last recorded, when we ended a segment, I said, if we don't get a transfer fee for Lewis Miller, I'll be pissed. And I said that because I knew what was coming, right? The, the fact, it's a victim of the system because there is no transfer fees between A-League clubs, which is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Is. And if that after 17 years or whatever it has been, there should be a transfer system in place between clubs. If they want a player, they can fucking pay for it mm-hmm. and we get the money. Excuse the French, but this one grinds my gears. Um, That's completely just. It's ridiculous. This is not. This is not the fault of the club. It's it's a fault of the system. Back on the Bazanic thoughts, I can't even feel bad that Lewis has done this. He's no. a young player who's getting advice from people. Yeah. This is potentially his first big payday. I doubt he got his first big payday from us, and I doubt he was ever going to get his first big payday from us. What I think though, is that he probably has sold himself short a little bit and he, he may even feel he a bit has. disappointed that. And I think there's been a few whispers that he has um, admitted that he's maybe a little bit um, um, second thoughtish about mm. having done this mm. because, for me, he's improved enough that I wouldn't be surprised if he was close to the head of our queue for being signed overseas 
and now he's is he going to be the first choice right back? Um, who knows what where he's going to be? You know, buried in that quagmire of bulldust. Mm. So yeah, I just don't. I, I just can't see that it's anything other than a, a short term. Um, view and for someone who's developed as much as we've seen him develop in the last year, two years, then I just think it's disappointing that he didn't rate himself higher than that. Mm-hmm. That he didn't, you know, and his manager should have been in his ear saying, hey, "Come on, Lewis, you're ahead of this. Stick it out um, and uh, and keep doing what you're doing. Tone down the unprofessionalism a bit, and uh, you you will get there because you know you're flying. He's been flying. He's literally wrecking a leg left backs." Mm. Um, but yeah, he's chosen to go to a nothing club for a decent payday, and who knows big. what the future holds, um, or whether he's even getting a game. Yeah, mm. big payday. Yeah. Um, but yeah, back to the original question for Aquilina. Happy with that. Mm. Um, uh, yeah, I I heard about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, apparently, it's all been done, all been signed. So I don't know how yep. it got leaked or who leaked it to that FTBL website, or I don't know. I th- actually. Wasn't it Dave Lewis? I think it was Dave Lewis. It was. Which um, makes me wonder whether or not the leak came from the very peak <laughs> of the mountain. <laughs> yes. Just putting that there. True. Um, yeah, apparently it's all been done, all signed. Uh, the club's just obviously not announcing it because he's playing for another club. Yeah. Um, and then until their season is confirmed over, which may be very soon given the way that the Wanderers <laughs> are going, um, it'll be announced. So or I think it'll be announced in the off-season, I think. So. Mm. But it's all been done, all signed. You're happy with that. Good pickup. Good pickup. Young player. Uh, you know, not not as strong and powerful as Lewis, but may bring a bit more technicality. Technically better, definitely. Um, mm. Can play on both sides. Can play on the left and the right. Um, have seen him this season play more as a winger as well for the Wanderers. Um, so yeah, happy with that replacement for me. My my three guesses were either going to be. I knew it was from a Sydney club. It was either going to be Aquilina, or Tate Russell, or Van Hag. Uh, from Sydney, who I actually don't mind. Um, and, yeah, it ended up being Aquilina. So. Out of those, I prefer Aquilina. If I had the choice, I would have chosen Miller, <laughs> to <laughs> be honest. Way, yeah. Without uh, Take away the, you know, lack of professionalism at times. His versatility as a central defender, I think, you know, and the power and the, and the amount of improvement that he's made. Um, but am I disappointed? Not really, because it'll take away some of that um, perception that, that that we're looking for those uh, free kicks or whatever, and maybe a bit of disciplinary stuff. So yeah, I think it's a good change anyway. Put it that way. That also ties into uh, Ben Jones, who asks uh, about the Miller to the Cowbell Gang rumor. But Ben Jones also asks, I like this one. Which current managers could you beat in a fight? Oh. Not Kiznorbo. I was just thinking, not Kiznorbo. I I like my chances against Warren Moon. <laughs> <laughs> That's I fair. like my chances. That's fair. Do you think he crumbles a bit easy, or yeah? yeah. I'm um, not even not even entertaining the idea with Kiznorbo or Monty. Kiznorbo is absolutely insane. <laughs> Mental. <laughs> Mental. Do not want a bar of that. No. Um, yeah. Could. Yeah. Probably Warren. Um, Zadkovic would just come in two foot around your knees. Zadkovic is, yeah. <laughs> there, Again. <laughs> there goes your femur. Uh, Actually, I fancy myself against Rudin too. Rudin, yeah. Get out of USB and he'll probably run away. <laughs> um, ooh, yeah. I won't say who I want to fight. That's that's a different question. This <laughs> is who, who, who could you? 
<laughs> so I'll stick with Warren Moon. I like your answer. <laughs> Probably shouldn't say the other ones. I'm going with Militic. Reckon I could belt him. Yeah. Yep. And um, get out your vaccination card. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, hey, I'll just cough on him a few times. She'll be right, mate. <laughs> also, might have a crack at Corica. Ooh, huh? that's an interesting huh? one. That's an interesting one. Bambi? Oh, Bimby, sorry. Bimby, yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, don't know, I, think he's, I think he's got a bit of fight about him. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't think he's like, like with Monty, I reckon you could punch him a hundred times and he'd just look at you like as if nothing had happened. <laughs> <laughs> and because Norvo's even worse, he'd be just getting angrier with every every punch, I think. Uh, nah, um, what about um, Newcastle's oh, coach? Is it Artie Pappas. Artie Pappas. Could be a chance. No, nah, I think he knows people. Yeah, he's, yeah, right. he's connected. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. connected. He's got connections. Yeah. yeah, We don't want the mafios or nah. coming anywhere near that. Aloisi looks too angry as well. Well, and uh, what about all of that Spanish he was hurling at um, <laughs> our assistant coach during the so game sure. down there? Yeah. Uh, Wasn't uh, a happy man. Cabron. Though, was <laughs> <laughs> that was the only bit I understood. I don't know the rest. But <laughs> um, yeah, the Wanderers goalkeeper copped a bit of the cabron <laughs> the other night. <laughs> From somebody listening, and I won't drop him in it, but yeah. It was Mick. <laughs> <laughs> Trent Woods, do you think Matthew Blake Simon will be left out of the All-Star team to give Barcelona a fighting chance? <laughs> Don't even get me started on that All-Stars bullshit. <laughs> oh. oh, God. I think, yeah, he probably will be. I mean, he hasn't played this season, so unfortunately. It's a circus anyway, so just why don't why don't you just have him in goals? <laughs> Might as well. Centre back. Yep. Look at how good he is in the air at defensive yep. set pieces. Yep. Mm. Cameron Murray, the Mariners have become the second most attacking team in the league with 40 goals. What is the most goals the Mariners have scored in a single season? Oof. Oh, I should have read these questions yeah. before. Now, see, I <laughs> did, did these questions are coming. I did look this Bye-bye. up earlier. Um, we have this season actually scored more goals than we did in the 2013-14 season as well, just so that you know. Wow. We scored 34 goals in that season. And we were equal second that year. Uh, 51 in the championship season. Hmm. And that includes finals. We could nudge that 51, I think. Get close. Yeah, we got in a finals run. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think 51 is a top. 43 in 11-12. Sorry, 55 in 2010-2011. Okay, so that was that was across that was across thirty four games as well. So, mm, interesting. If we're looking at a, at a goals per game sort of perspective, in the 2010-2011 season, uh, we were averaging one point six two goals per game. In the twelve thirteen season, we were averaging one point seven six goals per game. This season, we are averaging one point eight two goals per game. Mm. And we're picking the earlier season average up rapidly at this end of the season, <laughs> yeah. meaning 50 years in great danger, I suspect, Luke. Peaking at the right time. And exactly. the spread of scorers as well. Yeah, is, that's that's got to be pleasing for Monty and pretty Serge. Even. I mean, Cummings on seven, Ordenia on seven, Inkelolo on six. six yeah. um, and that's, Matt Hatch on four. Yeah, it's it's a decent spread. I love that Matt Hatch has more A-League goals than Sam Silvera. <laughs> <laughs> So, very, very pleasing. Isn't it sad that the only – I can't remember any of those goal-scoring exploits, but I can remember us establishing a record for most conceded because <laughs> that was recent. We worked yeah. hard on that. Yeah, yeah. we did. It's a worldwide search. 
Lee Cooper, should we sign some of our academy players on long-term contracts? We thought Daniel De Silva was a long-term prospect and we signed him for five years. Surely Matt Hatch has already proved to be as good of a long-term prospect as to Quoll, Ballard, Steele, Nisbet, Farrell and Hall. Oof. The Hatch call is a big one. Uh, but, yeah, I would agree with your Farrells, your Kowals. Uh, I don't I didn't even think you would. Would you count Nisbet as an academy like he's he's an academy graduate. He's an elder statesman of the squad now. Yeah, he's like the he's like the buddy, you know, like the old man of the squad at what twenty two. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, yeah. It's a tough one. Yes, is the short answer. Uh, but who you would sign to long term deals is probably the trickier question. But yeah, I'd be going with your Farrell, Ikawal. Um, Hall? I don't know. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. And, but Hall's, Hall's yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't say Hall's like an academy player now either. <laughs> it's weird. <laughs> no. It's I mean, weird. And you think he only really broke into the first team at the end of last season, Dan Hall. Yeah. Like this and then is, Farrell's this season. Yeah. <laughs> right, right at the start. So I'm wondering if um, I'm wondering if that comment about, you know, tying to Silver down um, for five years and Matt Hatch already proving to be as good is down to some way in the return, the goals per game that we're getting from them. Because if you look at De Silva's most recent season for us, he scored four goals. Matt Hatch has already equaled that in like a tenth of the minutes. Give him five years right now. <laughs> um, Do it. Yeah. I mean, his total goals scored for us were five, eight. <laughs> Hatch has scored more goals in one season than what we saw from Tommy Orr in probably two and a half or something. That's guaranteed. Tommy yeah. Orr never scored for us. That's right. He got one assist. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what we think a long-term deal is, but to me two years is a long-term deal in the A-League. And Yeah, I think five's too much. <clears throat> yeah, and oh, we've, got yeah. To, we've got to do sensible business and um, the idea that Danny, De, that Danny De Silva, sorry, Paolo, was a sensible decision as opposed to one that came out of a coach and was not approved by anyone else except the coach, I suspect. <laughs> Um, that probably was a bad idea. And how did that go? Horrendous, mm. actually. Does he still play in the A-League, Danny De Silva? <laughs> That's a rhetorical question. Um, so, yeah, we definitely want to be doing good business with these players for sure because there are at least some of them that we want to tie down over the longer period or protect ourselves from those big clubs taking them away and ka-ching, paying I think us. I think we should be looking at three years for, for a lot of these guys. Yeah, like, I think it's for the best ones. Two to three max and then you put in sell-on clauses in on top of that. Yeah, options. So yeah. you sign someone for three, but then you might get rid of them in the next sort of like six months. Gives you a nice big fat uh, transfer fee and yeah. then obviously the selling clauses on top of that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you look at Koala, I honestly, I would not be surprised to see him go this offseason. Yeah. You, you look at how quickly Allo went. You look at how quickly um, Jing Reese went as yeah. well. Yeah. Garang's already light years ahead of where I think Jing Reese was. Mm. Um, and he's already got more minutes, would not be surprised to see him go. So tie him down now, get those sweet, sweet sell-on fees. Yep. Absolutely, and I reckon he'll be pretty loyal, So, and I think he'll be pretty sensible. Actually, one of uh, one of Allo's brothers was on Twitter the other day um, saying that um, when uh, when Garang, Garang found out that the Mariners were interest, interested, um, I think he said something along the lines of, oh, 
I'm a mariner for life or something. Yep. Yeah. This was basically <laughs> the only club that he wanted to come to. Yep. It, it might have even been that he was talking about Dee, who's a young one who we haven't even seen yet. <laughs> like, like, there's another. There's, there's, there's more four. to come. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you got yeah, yeah you got Garing, you got Tang who's playing in the academy, and you got Dee as well, who I think is like eight or nine years old or something. Yeah. <laughs> Sign him up. Yeah. And apparently he's the best, according <laughs> well, to Alan. Well, hey, hey, hey. We're all for this. Uh, yeah. No, loving it. All for it. Loving it. So we've had quite a lot of questions coming through about the uh, the elephant in the room, I guess, the Oli Bizanic situation. Um, of course, hasn't been seen for uh, the best part of a month or just over a month now, last seven or so games. Um in spite of things going well. Um, so, Scotty McGee, shout out Scotty, hope you're well. Um, there's quite a few others as well. Sam McPherson, Matthew Halliday. <laughs> I'm not too sure if Matthew's very serious about that. Um, but Scotty's, uh, Scotty's question in particular uh, says, okay, it's a bit of a touchy subject. You guys might know a bit more than uh, than I do, but um, according to him, he's heard a whisper that Ollie's absence is due to an upgrade in his contract that will be met if he plays one more game. If that's true, do you guys agree that it's poor business from the club? Um, that's not exactly what we've been hearing. The can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> that is about to be open. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how specific we can really get with you know what we've heard. There is so much rumour and innuendo out there and a lot of other people are hearing different things um, in the sort of general public and then we hear a lot of other things that might not be as broadcast or yeah yeah that what 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 we heard first was nothing to do with a contract um what we heard first was a clash of play styles between certain people i'm sure you can figure that out ollie not particularly wanting to play a certain way, other people wanting him to play a certain way. Um, that was what we heard first, which was about a month ago or so. Um, the contract thing seems to be secondary or alongside that. So we know that when he signed it was two with an option of an extra. Now the, the, the specifics of this whole plays one game it automatically triggers an extra year I don't know about I don't know about you two but no. I, don't, I don't know about that the first issue that came out I don't have I don't have any problem with a player being left out um, or not not being picked or not in contention if they do not want to play the way the club wants him to and for anyone to say that we have missed him or he should just automatically be in the team because he's the captain or he's a local is completely insane unless you're inside his uh, friend circle on Facebook and just bombard <laughs> the uh, club's <laughs> Facebook um, because we haven't missed him. And like you said earlier, Moz, we were – we, I'll speak for myself, I was already not that thrilled with his how he was playing prior to – him going missing. I thought uh, he was giving the ball away a lot. Uh, his build-up play was way too slow. We did not look as fluid going forward. Uh, he would make wrong decisions when he did go forward. Uh, he would lose the ball. He would shoot when he probably 
really shouldn't have maybe been a bit too selfish. Um, since then, I think we've seen the complete opposite of that. Mm. With Niz in there pulling the strings, we've looked at much more fluid going forward. We've had our goals spread out amongst a number of different players. Um, the combination of Niz and Maxi is really starting to grow. Niz on the ball in the midfield is, I'm sorry, but much better than Ollie. He's much more cleaner on the ball. Mm. He can pick a pass much better. He can play through balls much better. His impact has been more than what Ollie's was in the lead up to him going missing. Now, in saying that, Ollie was a huge part of our success last season. Mm. That was last season, mm. right? You can't go off that all the time. At the start of this season, Ollie was good. And for whatever reason, whether it was because of a burnout, whether it was because of a disagreement between him and certain people that his form started to drop, I don't know. But the reality is, is that he wasn't having an impact on games. Uh, and we weren't losing games purely because of him. But since the change, we have been winning games because he's not there, in my opinion. And looked more dangerous. Yeah. And put into our um, uh, attacking play the players who are our attacking players. Yep. So he's brought those players in the game. It's no accident that they're all scoring now. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't want to go near the actual details because, um, you know, football players, they're living in a negotiation. And yeah. so I don't blame either of the parties in a negotiation for, you know, attempting to get what's best for them. That's not a problem to me. And I suppose the best way to answer the question, which is about bad business, I feel confident based on the other deals that I've seen happening around over the last two, three years since I became aware of the fact that the club had changed the way that recruitment worked at the club, that we do do good business. We don't just do what the coach wants. We don't just do what the owner wants, although he probably does get a fair bit of the final say in the past. We we do a lot more sensible things in those spaces than we used to. So it's enough for me to know that the club um, is not being forced by any player to do anything that doesn't fit within the overall um, good future of the club. So I'd call that good business. Is it in this particular case, is it going to be good or bad business? I don't really know. I don't know whether or not any of us will really know the specific details. I just know that on average we now do good business where in the past uh, we did things like sign Daniel De Silva for five years. So, so. Yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe it's bad business. Maybe or, or maybe it won't turn out to be good business. But I would argue that we already got the good business out of that deal um, probably last year when uh, Ollie was a big part of improving things. And and now, you know, we've sort of moved on from that. And uh, while I worry a little bit that we could use his experience uh, during the finals if and when we make those, when and if we make those. At the same time as that, I, I'm not really prepared to sell our soul for any player, um, even a local. So, you know, fair play to both parties for um, sticking to their guns and um, it hasn't hurt us, which has left very little ammunition there for those people who think they've, they've got it all sussed and, um, you know, players come and go. Um, so, you know thankful for the contribution that he's made you're right to me he looked tired Boise um, made mistakes that other players 
were made responsible for. I was telling you before this podcast, I think it was, it was either Victory or City when Dan Hall made a ball to Ollie that Ollie didn't have enough intensity, not enough effort, not enough um, uh, vision, tired attempt. Um, Dan Hall became responsible for a goal that we leaked that I blamed on Ollie and everybody blamed Dan Hall at the time and I blamed it on Ollie. And I think to me... He needed to have a break because he really wasn't playing that well um, and that was reflected in our own results, to be honest, That which started to taper off after we had such a, real, a really good cup run. So, so yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't think it's bad business either way, to be honest. Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things to come out of this whole thing for me is that we haven't heard from the PFA. If mm. the club were in the wrong and they were doing the wrong thing, the PFA are on that like no tomorrow. Massively. They'd they be love a, getting there'd involved. There'd be a statement. Mm-hmm. We've spoken to Oli Bazanic. He's not being treated right. He's being cast aside. He's not allowed to train with the boys. They're not fulfilling their contractual obligations. They're, that we, they would be all over that. There'd be a statement out like lightning. Mm. We haven't have not heard boo. That's so have, telling. Have not heard mm. boo. And you've also got Oli Bazanic, who would be mates with Alex Wilkinson who is the chair of the president or whatever of the mm. uh, of the players part of the professional football association mm. if there was some sort of a wrongdoing from the club we would know about it mm-hmm. not via the club via the pfa nothing yeah it's not wrongdoing it's just standoff yeah uh-huh. so when monty says in a press conference that he's not playing because of personal reasons the personal reasons are what i said before <laughs> <laughs> it's that he he's not they're not seeing eye to eye at the moment, clearly, mm. and it's not impacting anything. At the end of the day, love Ollie. Love everything he's done for yeah, the club. absolutely. But no one player is bigger than the club. Yeah. It's a cliche, but you play for the badge on the front, not for the name on the back. I don't care if you were born inside Central Coast Stadium in the fucking dressing room. <laughs> you're not more important than the entire club. thousand percent. A thousand percent. Simple. So... If that's it, then that's it. We move on. And, yeah. and you know, I commend Monty because I think a few weeks ago when, he, when we hadn't seen him for a couple of weeks, I said that this is going to be a challenge because he has a relationship with Ollie that goes back to 2012, 2013, mm-hmm. whenever it was. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ollie played in the grand final because of Monty, because yeah. he got red carded. In place of Monty. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they go back a long way. It's, this is a huge test for Monty. And how he manages it. And, I mean, so far, pass with flying colours, if yeah. you ask me. Mm-hmm. Except for the communication piece, that I think, between the club and the Monty, they got wrong when when the club said one thing and then Monty said the other in a press conference. That's the only thing they got wrong about the whole thing. Mm. They should have either just said nothing mm. or get your communication lines right. But I think he's done well so far with how he's managed it. It's had no impact on the squad. Everything that we've heard is that all the boys are... Uh, on board with what's sort of happening. Yep. It, it, there's no there's no split in the dressing room from what we've heard. Mm. Apparently, word on the street is that uh, Ollie was having coffee with Bill Giddy and Terry Gould this afternoon. So like there's there's not this whole he's being cast aside, he's not at training, he's still at, he's still at all the games, mm. he's in the grandstand, he doesn't look very happy, but he's there, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> so he knows that he has to fulfil a part of his contractual obligations and the club are obviously fulfilling their end to a degree that is met legally, which is all that really matters. If they don't say eye to eye because of 
playing style. Play style mm. or certain opinions, then that's on Ollie. Or mm. even contract. The truth is that if Ollie came into this club, and let's face it, we didn't drag him back from overseas to come here. He was here with nothing to do and we took the opportunity and we're, we're lucky. He and must, yeah. should, must have known that there would be certain limits here and financial ones are you know, right at the top he of the knew, queue. He knew we what he was getting are. into. Exactly. It's not a, you know, it shouldn't and be he a surprise. Came back, he came back after we won the spoon. Mm. Won the spoon, right? <laughs> so it's not like he was sort of coming back into a winning dressing room or he was coming back into something that, you know, he, he knew was already on the up. There was no way to tell from the first stage season going into last season that we were going to finish in third. I think there's there's this weird there's this weird sort of a notion out there that him coming back was actually doing us a favour, and I don't see that. Mm. And I don't think you get a contract for what you already did. No, that's a small part of it, but the most part is what a coach can expect to get from you. Yeah. So, you know, any disputes around that to me had to have been known. Had to have been just part of the routine, and uh, you know, only knew who we are better than just about anybody. Yeah, um, and if if they don't see eye to eye at the moment, why would the club play him, or why would we offer him more money, and why would we re-sign someone that isn't going to do what is asked of him? That's not how that works. He's, also, he's, how are we? He's going? not a coach. He's not a coach. He doesn't make the calls. No, and Monty how are we going that. now? Exactly. Um, you know, enough it's had no impact. That. It's had no impact results-wise, except for the Sydney game, and of course, and everyone else. You know, they all bloody come out of the woodwork after the Sydney game. And look, I'll admit, if we're talking in terms of impact in hindsight, I would have much rather Ollie come off the bench instead of Muller in that game with the way that Muller played. But then you look to the game against Wellington on the, on the weekend. I don't. Ollie doesn't play the ball that Muller does. Mm. No. Right? No. Mm. In that moment in the Sydney game, Ollie can come on and maybe stem the flow instead mm. of opening the floodgates. Um, <laughs> that's, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. But, <laughs> Very good way to put it. But that doesn't override the fact that we've, we're here for the future as well. Yeah. And, and uh, if, if, if he's not wanting to be part of that the way it looks at the Mariners, then I guess he needs another club. If us re-signing him means that we that – we means that we have to either part ways with or that we don't get to upgrade certain players like your Kewal, like, like your Farrell, like your Nisbets, like your Halls, like your Kyle Rolls, mm. like your Bennies. If, if it means that we don't get to keep those guys longer term, mm. then see you later, Ollie. It's as simple as that to me. Does anyone want to go up against Monty's signing um, record? Have a look at it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good so far. <laughs> Two years given to all of those blokes who are performing at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I think I think the the only real questionable one is probably Sai, mm. who's probably a bit fifty fifty. And from what I saw at the Wanderers game, being there in person, if that man doesn't have long COVID, then I don't know what it looks like because he was on for probably twenty minutes and he, he could hardly breathe. So there's a clearly a fitness sort of a thing there going on with him that maybe long COVID related. I. Have absolutely no idea. I don't want to assume his medical status, <laughs> but he looked absolutely gassed after not very long. So there's something going on there that may get sorted in the off season, and I think there's a good football there that can be very handy. I mean, he probably has the, easily the best set pieces in the team. Yeah, for sure. So I think to question Monty's decision making when it comes to signings at the moment is 
pretty silly given the current record. Yeah, it just makes no sense. Yeah. Um, so it is, you know, it's a bit of a squiggly one for the club, obviously. Um, but I don't have any issues with what's happening at the yeah, moment. I think it's a reasonably straightforward one for the club. Yeah. Like don't blink. When, when, it, when, it, when it boils down to it, yeah, if you've got a player who doesn't want to play a certain way mm. that is asking for a lot more money than they're probably worth, yep. um, which takes away from the resources of being able to sign or re-sign or upgrade some of the kids that deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's always two sides Absolutely. to every story, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. I'm not going to sit here and say we are 100% right and that's what it is, but that's what we've heard. And we're not the only people to hear that though, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's out there. If you want to find it, it's out there. We're not, we're not, you know, the answer givers of the one version. There's that version out there from a few different people mm. um, and from what we can hear unless you're inside the friend circle <laughs> bombarding the club's uh, Facebook apparently the club are the devil so well yeah the club <laughs> are the devil yeah yes. according to certain people who just happen to be friends with his little brother on <clears> Facebook <throat> it's, just, it's just a coincidence though it's just a coincidence of course it is there's absolutely no secret agenda <laughs> in there at all we have several free chairs in this room and we are not the club so if there is if the horse from the horse's mouth, <laughs> wants to come in and sit in one of these chairs and tell us where we're wrong. Go for it. More than happy to eat just a bit more of that pie I was eating earlier. Oh, snacks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hungry. <laughs> We've got to move along. All right. A man's view 92 on Twitter asks, any news on how Brian Caltech has gone in training? Could it be a possible signing for next season? Um, not really any news so far um, coming out. Could it be a possible signing for next season? I don't know. I mean, we've got Dean Hall and Kai Rolls, Rolls already locked in at centre-back. Cam Windus coming through as well. For me, not if he's going to take a spot off an academy kid coming through. Would be a visa? Would also be a visa. Yeah, that's mm. the problem that for me. That's the problem for me too. Didn't know that. Mm. If he's not better than... What we've already got, then yeah, probably yeah. not. Visa players. I know. I know absolutely nothing about this bloke. <laughs> to be straight, um, no. But the visa spot thing—that's a big one. Yeah, it's pretty simple to me. If you're going to get in a visa player, you make it worth it. Mm. Yeah. Mm. yeah, it would be a, a bit of a strange one bringing in a, a 28, 29 year old um, from the NPL in in New Zealand. So yeah, yeah, um, but. You know, he might end up coming through and, and um, being an absolute superstar. So, um, short answer, no, haven't really heard anything, but we'll try <laughs> and get to it and see what's going on. A um, couple of questions coming through, one from Kevy Coops and one from Kieran Brown. Sneaky rumour um, about um, an ownership structure change or a potential change in ownership at the club. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Yeah. Yeah. Um, hmm. Things are out there, clearly, because <laughs> I don't know Kieran personally, so I don't know where he's heard that. Um, but have also heard certain things that appear to be good. Hmm. Uh, don't want to say too much. <laughs> I'd say a massive... Uh, may, massive. May, may have already said too much. <laughs> <laughs> a massive maybe on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, still still, still a lot of work to be done. Um, but yeah, things are positive from what, from what we have heard and I'm sure it will be out soon enough. Yeah. We are the Coasters! We are the Wallabies! No 
looking ahead, of course, this weekend, we make the trip up the F3 Jets away. McDonald Jones Stadium is the venue. Fellas, this is shaping up to be, and I know we've said this about every one of our last seven or so games, season defining. The old uh, six-pointer? Mm. <laughs> Love a good six-pointer. Mind you, they're not catching us, are they? They're five points behind us? Mm. Uh, yes, but we also have to play them twice. Yes, but they're not That's catching the us this weekend. Not this weekend, no. We can delay <laughs> the sadness. Yeah, correct. Yes. It's not or gonna, it's we not can gonna drive happen. them into the ground. It's yeah. not gonna happen. The only thing that worries me about this lot is Mikkel Tadze, Pena, Brumal. Yeah, there's three dangers there mm. that if we stop those, I we should get the win. Pena, Pena scares the shit out of me. Some guys. of the balls he plays yeah. are incredible. Mm. Um, he's such a clean striker of the ball as well. Yeah, he's got a lot of assists. You're, you're very classic number 10 uh, for me, he is. Mm. And Mikkel Tadze, some striker. Yeah. So Both good pickups uh, yeah. by Pappas. So, yeah, there's those those couple of dangers there. Um, but, I mean, they've been so – I mean, not as much as us. We've gone in sort of – peaks and troughs we started well and then we sort of had a big sort of a dip in february and then we sort of come good but the jets are like one step forward two steps back three steps forward one step back they're they're all over the shop they've got a short turnaround too they actually play tomorrow night uh so wednesday night yeah down in western sydney they're just very inconsistent with their performances so uh-huh. um yeah we'll be we'll be watching that game closely um yeah tomorrow but I'm confident in this one. But as you say, every derby is important. But <laughs> they this, always this, seem this to lift. One. They always seem to lift. They lift for three games a season. It pisses uh, me off. Uh, uh. If you look around, though, the blokes that those two have to face up to, and you talk their consistency isn't quite there yet, and I don't think either of those blokes have been consistent so far this season, although they've shown a little bit more recently, the two blokes are going to go up against in our central defence are about as consistent as it gets. Mm. Um, so... Yep. For me, I expect um, not really sure which pocket Pena will be in and not really sure what pocket <laughs> Mikkel Tadze will be in, but i um, pretty sure I know um, the two that will have the pockets. So, yep, feeling confident about it, to be honest. Don't see why we shouldn't. Um, and don't see anything in their play uh, or the way they go about it that will make them more dangerous in a derby. Mm. Um, mm. I mean, if, if we can't put a couple of goals in against their back four, then we've got other problems because <laughs> we might we very might well get to the 55 goal mark this weekend <laughs> against their back four because arguably the worst in the league. You know, astoundingly, they've conceded the same amount of goals as us. I know, and that's what's annoying because like, you look at that back four and mm. you go, "There's no way that back four is better than ours." Yeah, no way. Let's um, yeah, let's so, let's hit the 50 goal mark this yeah. week. Yeah, <laughs> but. That more speaks to, I think, their structure and the way that Pappas has got them structured is mm. that you don't necessarily have to be an out-and-out fantastic football team to get some results. If your structure's there, you can grind out a few. Um, and I think that's sort of what they've done. They And, you know, when they go forward, they look pretty dangerous most of the time, but they are definitely vulnerable defensively if we play our cards right. So it's gonna be I'm going to go 2-0 to us. Yep. Yeah, I reckon it'll be closer than that. I'm going to go 1-0. Um, and we'll get the other goal in the stands. Although they have generated a couple of fans in the last week or two. Yeah. Um, so you know, the bandwagon's arrived in their car park, at, car park but um, our fans will be better. 2-1 Mariners, Benny and Kololo, man of the match. 
Surprise. <laughs> My man. I'm just thinking about his performance in the in the round one game up there, actually, because he was he was quality. Well, that's mm-hmm. what I mean. Yeah, I don't know have I don't know how anybody watched that game and thought, yeah, he's gonna be a bad pickup. I thought he was he's great. St- he that still looked game. a bit like Bambi on ice. But he did. That's why it <laughs> works though. <laughs> to be fair, he still probably looks a bit like that at times, but it's I don't care about how it looks, I just want it to be yeah. effective and it's it's effective it's Bambi. Good. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a Bambi I want mm-hmm. in my team. <laughs> Very good. That will just about do us this week for another big one on the Coast Football Ramble, of course. Thank you all so much for tuning in once again and make sure you get to Newcastle on Saturday night. No excuses to miss no. this one. Free. No excuses? I play at 12.50, first game in 18 months. You'll be fine. You reckon? Do I look like I care? I'm not sure if I could hire an ambulance <laughs> to get there. <laughs> <laughs> 12.50, so you'll be finished by 2.30. 2.50, go home, shower. Shower um, at the ground. Better do better my entire body. Who doesn't shower at the ground these days? <laughs> Gavo. Point. <Yeah. laughs> Haven't they just redone all the change rooms there? Uh, yeah, actually, maybe the shower will be bearable, yeah. Yeah. I doubt it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I think I'm going to make it somehow. Drag myself up the F3. <laughs> the F3, that is. Hear that, F3. Get there. Absolutely. Like we said, no excuses. If Moz can drag himself there, then I'm sure you guys can get away from I whatever. Just, I just want to finish on this uh, statement, just backing up Mick on the forum. Oh, yes. FTS. FTS. Yes, FTS. Absolutely FTS. Up the source, and we'll see you all Saturday. has a very different meaning to what you were intending there. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> be a bit of a fucking oopie daisy. Yeah. I specialise in oopie daisies.